You're listening to Unmotivated and Unprepared, a podcast where we take a break from the everyday hustle and bustle to muse about life, liberty, and the pursuit of randomness. Now here's Greg and Ross. What's up, everybody? It's Ross. Hey, it's Greg. And this is episode number nine, almost in double digits, Greg, of unmotivated and unprepared. And we're in the same we're in the same studio, the same room. Yeah. yeah. Well, I called it a studio. Greg. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell people we're, we're in a hotel. You know, it's we're in the same we're in the same studio, and we're coming from across the pond. That's right. We're in London, United Kingdom today for this episode. We're not saying we came all the way over here for this episode, but you know, it's a big deal in a podcast when you take it on the road. That's right. So we are officially, we're, we're going to hit double digits soon. So we figured we'd take this on the road for our many fans um, to, you know, give them a taste of what it's like when we're both in person. Spoiler alert, it's not going to be much different. <laughs> don't, no. don't expect, don't, don't expect any higher quality content than we normally have. <laughs> so, but yeah, so we are in London, United Kingdom, and it's, it's actually an interesting day today because the day we're recording, we just, we just witnessed the, I guess, former queen of England's right. funeral. And we got to see the procession come by where we were at. So many adventures that we went on in our travels and maybe just talk a little bit about influential people. You know, we just saw somebody who I guess was either influential or impactful to many people right. in their lives over here. And whether you agree or disagree with the monarchy, it's still something that's a fact of life in modern day times. Right. And I think I think what's interesting, at least for us, just just on how influential she was, is that people were waiting 24 hours in some cases mm -hmm. just to see her yep. just and not even her just to see it may it may not have been her. Just, true, just, true, just true. a box with a cloth over it with a crown. Now, I don't yes. want to be sacrilegious or anti-monic or anti-belief structure, but ultimately they were waiting for the opportunity to say goodbye in their own way. Yes, waiting up to twenty-four hours. Uh, people were having to be airlifted out and ambulanced out yes. because of the cold. Yep, because uh, it did get down quite low. But that kind of dedication, we we were laughing because I don't know of anyone that we would wait that long for. To, no, dead no. or alive yeah no like like we're thinking like americans in our country we <laughs> i think the quote was i don't yeah. think we love anybody enough no i, I mean I, pay, I paid to see an artist for a meet and greet once and they made me wait an hour and i was already pissed yeah you were like All <laughs> right. i was like you know what i don't even need this let's just let's go get our seats i don't need to yeah. wait <laughs> i'm gonna be i'm gonna be disappointed i'm gonna be disappointed but yes yeah so it was it was interesting because we came here during the time of mourning. That's right. And you notice all the signs, but all the activities were still going. Right? Like we, we they they had they had the period where they postponed Premier League matches, which is That's a right. big deal in in England for sure. But otherwise, it was it seemed kind of every day, other than the paraphernalia. But then you got closer to today, where everything was shut down for the state funeral. I mean, pharmacies. You know, any any essentials that you needed, good luck because pharmacies right. were shut down, Groceries, grocery stores. Yeah. It was truly like a, you know, Christmas, Christmas holiday. Yeah, even more so. I think yes. that and the time up to it, the preparation, the signs that came up. Yeah. Initially every 
every store had a sign that said thank you and gratitude to the queen, as well as a sign that said we will be closed on. Yes. And, and it is a bank holiday. So it is a day where they have off. But traditionally, stores, retailers would have been open on a bank holiday. There were no retailers open. Yeah, correct. So, so that was so that was interesting. And I mean, the procession was normal. You, you get to see the the standard stuff go by and everything. It was pretty incredible to see the crown on top and like it truly did bling. It did. <laughs> you know, oh, it was it was definitely as attractive as, yes. it, as, it, as it went by. So that was, um, but that was that was fascinating. But I wanted to ask you, Gray, like, so influential people, like you look at the monarchy. Do you think that there is anyone else across the world? that is more at least impactful or influential for like, like who are some people that come to your mind that something like this happens and people mourn for 10 days or that's set up, or is that just because of the structure that's set up? I mean, we joke right in the U S the, the, our monarch, our, our monarchy, our Royals are the Kardashians, right? They're the ones who people love to do, um, you know, the rags about you've got the national Enquirer, those things that they're always, front and center. I think because we don't have monarchies, our celebrities are, are royals. However, I will say what makes the queen different than I think any other influential person in the world is that she shied away from sharing her opinions, mm -hmm. her political opinions, her yeah. views. You could put on her, I think it's the same way we do with cats. We're like, they don't have any emotion. Their yeah. facial expressions are the same all the time, but yeah. we put on them our human emotions. Yes. I think the queen... Not that she didn't have emotions. She was absolutely for the absurd and and she did have a sense of humor. She was definitely human. But I think because she kept such a stoic presentation mm -hmm. and she did not share her political values, whatever she believed, she did not profess. She shared the beliefs of the country. In a, in a couple of cases, she definitely shared her opinion. I think about apartheid in South Africa and I think about Brexit. I think she was a bit... Mm -hmm. Uh, but even then, in her words, she never shared so much that it would allow it to be she was swaying one way or the other. And I think yeah. that allowed her to be everybody's queen. Yeah, I don't know of anyone who has the level of fortitude and character to be able to maintain a sense of service at that level. I don't I just don't. Yeah, I've never impressive. met. It. Yeah, it's impressive. It's, it's, and it's and that's where you get that sense of respect that people had for her, because people probably realize, like, there's no way I could. I could be like that. So it's almost like holding her on a pedestal, like respect of what an admiration, right? Uh, truly admiration. Cause you can see these folks admire her. They, right. they, they really did. Whether you, whether you like the structure or not, or appreciate the structure, you admire the person that she was. And I think the longevity shows that. I mean, look what she lived. Through. Oh yeah. 70 years in that position. That is a lot. That is a lot of stuff that she saw and she went through and people she met and having to balance that with other world leaders that she sees going one way or the other and her having to be truly kind of in the middle of all those things. That's right. I mean, she gave up, she gave up so much of what we accept as being human, sharing our opinions, sharing our beliefs, sharing our attitudes, being, yes. being about ourselves, somewhat self-involved. I think humans by nature being animals are somewhat entitled, self-interested. She had to give up all that to maintain the symbolism that is the monarchy. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I care about anything that much to, to do that, but it is a level, a lesson in leadership I was not aware of, or at least accepting of until I realized looking at some of the stuff that's been playing. Um, and I grew up here, right? I grew up in England. I went to high school here and the queen at that time, because of the princess die thing and all those pieces had a different taste, a different flavor. 
I think she became a grandma for a lot of people. I think mm-hmm. for a generation, I've seen her as kind of the matriarch of a generation. Yeah. Whereas, the, I mean, look at the 80s, right? The 80s was was Sex Pistols and Hating the Queen, and then the Young Ones and Rebellious, and then you've got the 90s with Die, and then you have the 2000s and 2010s when people needed symbolism in a country, in a world where yes. our symbols are so fractured, she maintained a constant moderate in the middle, and I think that's what allows people to accept her for who she is and what she is, uh, more so than I think anybody else. And that's, that's influence at its yes. core, more yeah. so than probably anybody else. And I don't have that kind of fortitude, so. Yeah. You think she liked the Sex Pistols? You think secretly she listened to them? I think secretly she probably did. I think based upon some of the things about her, I'm sure there's quite a bit that she passed judgment on. But I think with her ribald sense of humor and her desire to hear a dirty joke and her desire to just be human sometimes and shed all of that, that, uh, that pomp and circumstance, I think she probably did like the Sex Pistols. Totally. Totally. I I, I think so. You probably walked in on her like to turn the AirPods off. (laughs) (laughs) What do you listen to, Grandma? Nothing. Nothing at all. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. Just listen to some classical Baroque. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So, so we had, so that's good. And, and I think we'll, we'll talk more. We'll, we'll weave in other things when it comes to, to influence throughout. Cause I think there's some fun things but, on our adventures. But what about had. you? I mean, do you think, can you think of someone influential that's no, more influential than I, she is? I don't, I can't. And I, I think it's, it's becoming, we've talked about entities before and corporations. I think it's, it's really, what for better or for worse, you know, you mentioned the Kardashians. Well, they got their influential and impactful because of the platforms that they have. That's right. And that kind of, you know, amplifying it more and more, you know, versus old school. The queen was always like, she grew up from a standpoint, she was placed into that influential position. Right. And she kept it for that long. And she changed as you know, she kept that one same way, but all the stuff around her changed where I don't really think we have that and things quote influencers as it's funny. We, we have a name for that now influencers, you know, people Mm -hmm. that basically have a large following on social media. So in order to become an influencer, it's no longer the title you're given. It's no longer other than a couple of, you know, you, you have the president, you have your president of the United States, you have your certain things, but for the most part, influencers in someone's life is now defined by social media as someone who has a lot of followers, because a lot of people watch you, you're now an influencer, because the assumption is, if I, if I watch you, I'm going to believe everything you say. So instantly I'm influenced by you, which I think is absolutely absurd, but that's just my opinion that just because I watch something or see something, I should automatically believe them because they're an influencer. But I think that's why it's a dying, it's kind of a dying breed of, of individuals who have a longstanding influence. I think there are influencers, but I think they, they come and they go yeah. really fast. And there are rules to it. I think she knew, understood the rules and understood how to play them. I think we, yeah. we in America, we love and idolize people who make lots of money. Yes. Bad humans. Absolutely terrible human beings. Sure. Uh, you, you pick any of the top five leaders that people put on a pedestal. Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, uh, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates to some extent. I mean, paying penance with his foundation. But yeah. these guys, track records, human interactions, they're they're not great humans. They're just really good at making money. Probably because they're not good humans. Uh, and you do look back at the royals and you do look back at royal heredity, heredity passed through people. They weren't exactly great people either. Yeah. So it's interesting to have a monarch, I think, namely a set of circumstances with 
the fact that she took the throne, she got the throne from her father, who wasn't even supposed to have the throne. Yeah. Till his brother abdicated, he was not raised to be the king. Yes. Stutter and all. And yeah. ends up trying to make sense of it. Probably a very good human knew his spot in life was not to be a royal and just be a good person yeah. and do this do the charitable work. Yep. Has his daughter, his daughter gets the same set of values. I mean, again, first woman to be photographed with an African American or African, right? Mm -hmm. uh, dancing at a, a thing, first white person. Uh there's there's so many things to be thinking about how her how she got to where she is in her career, which is what it is. It's a career. It's a, career. It's a life yeah. and a career. It's yeah, it's it's a career and not really a life choice you were given. I mean, I guess you can right. you can abdicate, but but I, you know, she was kind of thrust into that early, but yeah, she did. But you wonder you wonder now with the monarchy and with the pressures that they have and Charles, who's more like the socially autistic leaders that we've seen that we validate versus that kind of service oriented of the people will will we still maintain that level of influence will the crown maintain will the monarch maintain yeah especially with the younger generations who social media is is global that's so right i talk about my influencers that's not a u.s thing that's a global thing and that's right TikTok is everywhere so people can watch those you know and i don't think King Charles III is necessarily going to be posting dances on TikTok and then no. giving giving. Uh, Although I paid to see it. Home and yes, <laughs> I'll subscribe to that yes. channel. Please, 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 <laughs> somebody! I will download TikTok if King Charles is showing me how to do some new dances. I will. I will Charles doing do the that. Dougie. <laughs> see, but see, Greg, you just aged yourself, right? Hey, it's coming back on the TikTok. Dug, hey, the Dougie, the, you hear it here first. The Dougie is going to make its way back. It's back King on the Charles, TikTok. King Charles, <laughs> on the TikTok. Even said on the TikTok. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, yeah, but I don't, you know, to your question, I don't, I think there are influencers. I don't think it's anything a singular person. And to your point, I mean, you have to, you have to genuinely like really love and respect a person to put like, I mean, we were, we were, we watched the funeral in a yeah. semi public area and it was quiet. It felt like a funeral. There were, I mean, people were quiet. There were some dirty looks going when people would walk by and make too much noise. It was, it was very solemn. And I'm, I'm looking around going like, I, I don't like funerals for close relatives because they're just depressing and sad. And like, I mean, I love my relatives, but it's still, it's just hard, but, everybody just stopped like the whole country stopped, which is fascinating to me. And, and, you know, it gives me a different viewpoint, different expectation of what I thought when I was, you know, originally had planned to come here and then the queen passed away. And I knew that we would be right in the middle of all mm -hmm. this had to move plans around. But at the end of the day, a day like today where we watch a funeral a procession and do a podcast ends up being something that I'll remember because Forever. it was, it was something that will never happen again, no matter what, you know, you could have another person be over the monarchy for 70 years and it still wouldn't be the same experience because of the place and the time and the position they were in and how they came about it. I also don't want to live another 70 years, Ross. Well, I don't I, want to so you don't want, you don't want to have like your, your consciousness uploaded. <laughs> 30 years from now, I want to be dead. I don't want to be alive anymore. How are we going to hit a hundred episodes at the rate? <laughs> Come on, Greg. I need your consciousness. I need something. I need something. Man, that would be tough. So, yeah, but it was it was good. But now we did move plans around, but we still had some plans. So we went, and what what do we? Do? So other than the jet lag, which was a bit wicked at first, we visited the 
Warner Brothers, Harry Potter, yeah. Harry Potter Studios, which I know, Greg, I appreciate you um, appeasing uh, my wife and I as we went there on this tour. You haven't load up in a in a bus, which, you know, a nice bus, which had a rest, uh, a loo, yeah. sorry, yeah. had a loo built in. And a toilet. Yes, um, <laughs> which was... Which was you know, show, it shows that I'm a shows that I'm still a country boy. I'm like, wow, this bus has a toilet in it. You know, like it's like it's like, wow, that's uh that that was the highlight. No, that wasn't the highlight. It was actually really cool. Um there was all the, you know, the movie magic stuff I think was the stuff that you you enjoyed the most. There was pro there's the props, which is like, oh look, it's Dumbledore's, mm-hmm. you know, coat wand robe you know all that stuff but then it was like okay here's how we did all these scenes which is really impressive considering we look at things now and just kind of you know whatever but you think about these were made in 2001 through 2011 right 10 years is a long time that's right for cinematics and movie like you know when when it comes to all the special effects and everything now versus versus in the past and we talked about cgi how that doesn't right. even that doesn't even keep well but but yeah it was it was a lot of fun the the snacks were not good um the food was standard sub subpar food court cafeteria yeah cafeteria yep. food there was one dessert that was good but yes. uh, what was your like being somebody who's not a huge harry potter fan but loves movies, right? But loves movies. What was your because because I think when we left, I coined the term. Um, what did it? What was it? Information um, surplus mm-hmm. that you got from this because we were talking about how you enjoyed the experience and did it meet your expectations? And I think you got an information surplus out of it. So in other words, you benefited more than you felt you was you know was right. worth was worth what you paid. But what was your like? What was your highlight from that? I mean, I think I think Harry Potter. It's interesting. I am not not a huge Harry Potter fan, as you as you stated, but the wherewithal of the the team that put the movie together, the sets that they built, the the depth that mm-hmm. they took, uh, and the workmanship that they t- uh, and time they took to build these giant sets, mm-hmm. that I think only happens if you have a ten year or a five year or something. You understand the run's going to yeah. be that long. It's, it's going to be a journey. You know. And the fan base that's there, that's keeping this alive, this Harry Potter thing, was was insane. I mean, it's just amazing that people dress up to go to a studio tour about set pieces. Yes. But the tricks that they they use were impressive. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of the movie wasn't CG. A lot of the things that they did were physical props. They enhanced it with CG. Yes. But I thought, you know, I think the coolest part for me was learning about how they made these plaster columns and put paper over those plaster columns that looks like marble and then lacquer that to make it look like solid. And it does. Even up close, it looks like solid marble. Yes. The idea that they went the, to those lengths to build out that with acrylic, etc. It, it gives you a sense of pride that these workmen had for these sets. What, 78,000 pieces of gold for the what the treasure scene that yeah, they the actually made? Scene, they like, rubber made these. Rubber made these and then like then after the fact duplicated them and built building you know different platform like physical platform structures to make it look like it's rising like that's all right. they could have easily you know today's day and age cgi it. that's right you know done cgi and, it's, and, and they did to yeah, enhance it yeah but to enhance it but not like the amount of oh yeah we're gonna do thirty eight thousand of these things and produce them all in a short time that was it was impressive and and that was and to your point like seeing some of the things you look at you go 
oh wow that seems so simple to make right. that look like marble right you know like like why didn't I think of that in my wedding? I could have put some of those up and people would have thought I was at a really nice uh, venue instead of my backyard. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, so it was, it was cool. And I mean, I think, I think for me being somebody who is, you know, I'm a Harry Potter fan. I mean, I don't have like tattoo Harry Potter tattoos on my body. I'm not that level of fan, mm. but at the same time, I, I really enjoyed and I enjoyed the books, you know, to me, it was a slice of nostalgia seeing that. And then, just to your point, hearing about all the people that put the time in them, you see the actors, but then you see mm. all the people that put, they said, they talk about how it was a family, that's right. truly a family to go into all that. And I think that's the whole part that's interesting to get a behind the scenes of any movie, but especially like a long running series. When you think of all these series is where these people are living together. I mean, they, they mm -hmm. literally, especially with Harry Potter, they grew up together. These, um, they were their, they said they were their parents, their counselors, their, um, you know, you know, friends, family, you name it, they were all there um, in that, you know, in that studio in those confined places. So it was very interesting to me as well. And I think I would, I would recommend it. It's not something typically that, you know, I mean, you, you do have to be a pretty big fan. You've got to understand the series. Or you're not going to catch a lot of it. Yeah, a lot. But um, if you've seen the movies and you appreciate movies, you don't have to be a super fan to really get some to get value out of it, and it's self-paced, right? So you can read and do the audio guide for every single thing, or you can just you know kind yeah. of breeze through it and and hit the parts that you really enjoy. And it's very different than if you go to like Universal Studios or some other set tours where yes. they show you these kind of movie magic quote unquote things where they try to show you Jaws coming out of the water. Or the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really a mover movie lovers kind of experience. Of seeing the actual pieces yeah. there, the walls that are built up to make Dumbledore's tower. Yep. You, you you get a sense of movie making and its grandeur and all the tricks that they do to make mm -hmm. it feel real yes. on screen. And when you get there, it makes it feel a lot more. I mean, there's a there's an element of ruining the illusion. Sure, sure. Because you, yeah. you are seeing you it for what it actually is. Yep, yep, yep. I'll never look at Quidditch the same. But even the last thing in the treasure room, the actual gold cup that he tries to get is, I mean, it's the size of probably a man's palm. Yeah, yeah. Because like, it was designed like, to be an illusion. Like a soda can. Right. It yeah. was designed to be the illusion of being far away. So it's very small. Yes. Whereas it's very big. In the, in the, in the show. And in I think those, those little pieces, you lose, you'll lose some of that magic. But at the same time, it's also an awe and a sense of just purpose that each of these people that made a movie did. And I, I think that's that's probably something that, yes, probably mostly a Harry Potter fan is going to appreciate the most, but right. I think any movie lover will enjoy it. Yes, would enjoy that. Yeah, so that was, and I mean, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Like we did, you had an exploration day, right? You went, you went to a bunch of art museums while my wife and I did we did the standard Windsor Castle, which was closed down. So we got the walking tour. We went and saw some rocks, i.e. we saw Stonehenge, <laughs> um, which actually I joke. I say we saw some rocks. It was actually pretty cool. I, you know, some people say it's overwhelming, underwhelming. It was, it was whelming, but it was, it was interesting to walk around and see, like to see, you know, to hear about it, to read about it. And, and really for me, I had low expectations. And so for me, it was, it was good. I was like, Hey, this is cool. And then we went to bath and that was, that was neat, you know, quaint little town, see the Roman baths, you know, walk through there. I wish we would add more time, but it was a, it was a jam packed day. Cause we, so we did, we did a day of the touristy things, you know, see, 
take a day tour, see all those tours. But I know you went to Victoria and Albert Museum. Where, where else did you go? Yeah, you so I went to I went to the brand, History of Brands Museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is one right. that I really, if if I had more time, if things were open today, I would probably be like, all right, I'm going to go walk to the Brand Museum. History of Brands Museum. Vic, uh, I did the National Portrait uh, National Gallery, but that was only just to see one painting. So I just zoomed around that a, that museum. A, did they look at you weird? They like, definitely that was, that like. What like, does that guy do? He's just be different rooms, just trying to find the paint. I should have asked somebody. Yeah, you, but everybody looks so solemn and disgruntled with their job. I just well, was, I wasn't going to stop. No, that's the pig. That's the I'm observing art the, the, look. The, the, do you not know the I'm observing art look? These are people who work there, Ross. But well, <laughs> okay, I'm protecting art. Now. <laughs> that's what that is. It's and, a very similar yeah. look. And then I that's... went to the Victoria Albert. So the history of Brands Museum was cool because I had to walk through Holland Park, went up to Portobello Road Market. I've done all these things, but it was nice to just do the walk and it was nice to, to do that again. And the history of Brands Museum was very cool. It was a lot of the Britain as it's as told through consumerism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you see all the things like uh, the Queen's Jubilee, yeah. the fact that like now that Chinese makers are sending crockery here uh, yes. and misspelled the word Jubilee to be Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> and it was delivered for her platinum oh, jubilee. Oh man, the, plat uh, the platinum jubilee. The platinum jubilee. Oh. So it, it, that was cool to see the history and, and consumerism move through the World War Two, World War One, World War Two. How people cope with that through consumerism. Same, was, same as the U.S. I mean, did you see a trend? Is like, I mean, the U.S. is obviously way, uh, way younger as a country than Britain, but during the same times, and you see how things advance, like the marketing, the branding sure. of things and everything. Was it similar? I mean, you see it as like, okay, yeah, like things in the US, like and not that you were around in the 50s. Um, but same. You know, same, same, same style, like same consumerism is global. Right. And I think, well, things change though from the, th from the twenties, thirties, forties. I mean, so cigarette ads, I mean, obviously we don't have those anymore, yeah. but like cigarette ads, uh, a lot of stuff geared at men, older men, actually okay. uh with cigarette ads and tobacco was women on things uh love the little stove from the from the from the victorian era where they had methylated spirits for the little kids to cook with because oh, you know that's that's healthy that's special <laughs> um but but i thought what was interesting is as you started to get more consumerism in the 60s a lot of ideas changed about what people would advertise to so you had a lot more of the teenager the rise of the teenagers mm -hmm. the rise of consumerism to them uh, and that of course progresses dramatically through the 80s into yep. the 90s with uh, the Backstreet Boys and Spice Girls and all those yep. pieces of England yep. to One Direction for really the late two thousands. Uh, uh, Od, yeah, yeah. So the 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 what the, what the, the, the teens, the two thousand tens, etc. Yeah. So you see that change, whereas previously you didn't have so much of the teeny bopper investment. But yeah. overall, definitely the advertising to kids. Mm -hmm. You with the advent of television. Yeah, uh, that's where you started to see a lot more consumerism. The idea that the shopping mall, the shop, the supermarket, you no longer were relying on an ad from a magazine to go to your shopkeeper to say, "Hey, I want to get yeah. these kind of beans." You went in and found it yourself. You found it yourself. So then ads changed marketing on the packaging, yeah. whereas previously packaging was, I mean, like they had a can, yeah, yeah, they had a can of Nest, uh, Nestle cocoa, and it was just a very nondescript can of black black tin that said Nest, Nestle cocoa. Versus, hey, I want to get your attention. All of a sudden, colors. You had the Nest Quick character. You yep, had yep. you had the Q buddy and all this stuff. So, so a lot of that that changed with with marketing, and I think that was a really interesting walkthrough, especially because British sensibilities are a little different than Americans. Yes, yes, yeah. And I mean, as as a 
as a self-professed marketing junkie, brand junkie as I am, i.e. I have a minor in marketing, but that's all that means. Um, I really enjoy how the methods have changed to like to get someone's attention because of they've adapted to how we purchase. That's right. And how it's continued to change over time. And the use of going back to influence and influencers, the use of people to sell that and characters and putting likenesses on things in order to sell a product because, hey, this person uses it or don't you want to be like this person to nowadays, hey, I use this like influencer basically the old the old commercials from the 50s and 60s or the shows where all of a sudden they pick something up and they're showing it is that not what our influencers do same. now they're hawking the same, same thing it all comes around full circle i don't think there's any sort of new idea out there like we're recycling everything and i think it still applies for whether it's fashion which we will have a fashion episode soon uh, whether it's fashion, whether it's advertising, all of those things, we're just recycling the methods and, and adopting to the way people buy and the way people interact with the things now. Because we go from, what, what's interesting to me is we went from buying from a, you know, to your point, an ad here, I need to purchase this right. to I go to find it. And now we're back to going online somewhere and ordering something. That's right. And it's just a different way of ordering it. And someone gets it for us. We just have more, more stimuli. Right. I mean, at the end, at the end of all of this, we're animals that are not changed fundamentally in yep. 50,000 years. Our brains are exactly wired the same way they've always been. Yep. Yep. Right. And we're always shocked that somehow we're going to end up being somewhat like an animal at some point in our life. But we are. Yeah. I, and so yeah. we are prone to the same stimuli, the same psychological wizardry, the same level of investment. And those who have the money will always will always influence those who yes. have money to spend. But the more money you have, the more you're able to influence. And then you see in political campaigns, et cetera, which I think wrapping it all back up, I think that's one of the things that's most interesting about influence from like the queen mm -hmm. is her platform is essentially granted to her through heredity. Mm -hmm. She has very little platform in which to be influential. Yes, right? yes, besides yeah, just yeah. like, I mean, besides being on the money, I got this baller crown. Yeah, that's right. Other than that. Yeah. And, yeah. and yet today, with the death of the queen, it's it you can see that influence lasting longer than any sort of advertisement could have possibly been. Yes, yes. people have projected onto her everything that they believe about being British or English or even part of the Commonwealth onto her. And I think that is uniquely special about influence versus kind of the brands, which you're trying to force someone to believe the sugar smacks are going to somehow make you jump higher. Or yeah, yeah. you're going to get the girls if you use this perfume or if, hey, look, if you smoke Johnny Player specials, you know, the, the girls will find you irresistible. Like, yes. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, it's not. It's but it will always be there. And by the way, smoking is still very huge here. Huge. Very prominent huge here. here. I, was, yeah. I was very surprised. I was very surprised. So. Um, all right. Well, we have a ton more content. So I think what we're going to do is we've still got a couple days left. We do. So we're going to do a part two of this bad boy. All right. And we're going to talk about, oh man, we've got, we've got tea that we're going to go to. We've got the scotch broker. We got scotch broker. We got to talk about who the heck Gage Pineapple is. Who's Gage Pineapple? Right? Who is Gage Pineapple? We got, we, got, we got to understand who Gage Pineapple is. We got to talk about Ross's new favorite phrase of winds me up. Winds me up. That's yeah, right. It really winds me up. Yeah. Um, and I was probably one of the people that wound this dude up, 
because you know i'm a real riler up um and we i mean the travel here yeah like like there's so much so much content i mean we could do part two and three but i want to be respectful of people you know your commute to work for the four of you who are listening is probably about over and you know so i figured we'd keep it short but we'll keep you hanging on to on for the next one to hear about who's gauge pineapple and how did how how did how did tea go with Ross who doesn't like tea and never dresses up so that'll be that's going to be a fun experience but we're doing that not for me and oh English football yes Premier League oh yeah a, for sure Premier League at a pub yeah wow mind blown loved it so we will be back and of course we'll make it into double digits episode, that's right episode ten right. London part two coming soon. And it might actually be next on your playlist, depending on when we get this bad boy recorded. So (laughs) thank you everyone for listening. Greg, in person. In person. It was great. We'll do this again for episode 100. Um, (laughs) Because that's... that's, That's the rate we're going. It'll be a while. Well, I mean, we'll... Yeah, it'll it'll be... Well, maybe we'll do it internationally again. We'll take it on the road somewhere else. You know, and maybe we'll have a couple people in the audience as opposed to us just hanging out and people be like, what are they talking about? So, all right. Greg, as always, it's a pleasure, man. Same. Thanks for listening to Unmotivated and Unprepared. Join us again next time as we continue to meander through random topics at a pace defined by our mood, the weather, and what happened five minutes earlier.